0: Hello and welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross LeCain. I'm bringing my 25 years industry experience together with leading experts around the globe to give you the insights on how to live a better life and grow a profitable mortgage broking business that you are proud of. Welcome to another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. I'm Ross LeCay, and I've got a dear friend and a special guest with us today, Tracy Dean from Keeping Clients. She's had her business for eight years. She works with a lot of the top brokers, mainly brokers who have larger loan books who are looking at ways to keep in contact with their clients. So welcome, Tracy. Hi, Ross. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you. And as I say, we we've known each other both personally and professionally for many many years. But you know, I know your backstory, but probably not a lot of people know your backstory and sort of what where you you sort of came from before starting keeping clients. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in the mortgage industry.
1: Okay, well, um, my my background was in science years and years ago. And then my, um, my ex-husband Andrew and I, um, we bought a Mortgage Choice franchise back in 2000. And um, within a really short time, the um, Andrew was doing really, really well and he needed help. Um, at that stage, we had three-year-old twin boys uh, as well as an older daughter. And uh, it just worked out well for me to come on board and help him. Uh, a few years later, we bought a second franchise, and um, that meant that I became the the, the broker behind that franchise, and um, did my broker training and and it was just a a wonderful industry to be involved in. Um, we yeah, sort of back in on... the day,
0: I mean, that was early on, right? That was sort of uh, year two thousand. Is that what you said? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, long time I know ago. Aussie John sort of started in 93. So that must have been really early days. It was. Uh, to be in, in a mortgage broking business back then.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting because I, I listen to, um, when, when I talk to new brokers, um, and I think of when we started, we didn't have an office. Um, we started from a desk in our bedroom. <laughs> and um, anyway, it's a, it's a great industry. But um, as the years went by, our business became. Quite, quite, it did quite well. And, um, but we, we realized fairly early on the importance of looking after our existing clients. So, the, um, these clients were really, really happy. We wanted to make it this exceptional experience for them that they just were blown away by how they were looked after. So, my role, um, probably, I would say around from 2010 onwards, especially, was being really, really diligent with our, our client contact and just, just looking out to
0: clients. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, so Mortgage Choice started 2000, 2010. And, you know, I know you're amongst the top, uh, you know, franchises within Mortgage Choice. You are amongst their high flyers. And I used to see you trip, you guys tripping all over the world with Mortgage Choice when back in the day when that was the, allowed. So, uh, and in terms of a big part of that, was you know this customer contact, as as you mentioned. So, in terms of for your own business, what did you find so valuable about it? When you think back to the mortgage choice days, what did you find, or when did the sort of the penny drop that hey, this is this is something that we need to to really systemize?
1: Yeah, I guess um, my with my the scientific background, I was sort of really keen on keeping statistics on things and. Um, so around I think it was around two thousand and twelve, our loan book was about three hundred and fifty million, I think at that stage, and the I knew that from the um, c- contacting the clients and the repeat business generated from those clients, it was working out about eleven million dollars a year consistently mm. so it was really a huge difference, and it was um I think often the difference between us being in that high flyer group or not. Mm. So um, it just,
0: it just works. Just Love speaking to clients. Love that. Right. So, and and if you do the numbers on that, right. So you had around about, um, you know, a $350 million loan book, right. So if I do the numbers on that 11 million times 12, it's about 132 divided by, you know, your, your 350 mil loan book, it's around about thirty-eight percent of the book, right? In terms of his transacting um at any given point in time in the year, right? So it's massive, right? And you think of some of these um, you know, larger books and larger businesses. Imagine if they could get thirty eight percent of their business either doing repeat and referral, what impact that would have before they got a new lead from advertising or another source or a new referral source, right? Yep. It's it's an exciting concept, which I guess leads you to, you know, what you're doing now. So tell me about, um, you know, keeping clients and, you know, how that got started and why that got started. Yep. So, um, well, un- unfortunately, I went through a
1: divorce and um, at that stage I had Boys that were about to go into um, year years eleven and twelve at school, so I kind of wanted to be available to them, but I knew um, I really enjoyed what I was doing and I believed in it as far as looking after clients. So at that stage, I I actually approached Mortgage Choice head office and um, asked them if they thought that other other franchisees might be interested in a a service provided, and they sort of more or less. Grabbed me with open arms and said, "Oh yes, please." You know, so I was very supported. Um, so I started working for some of the larger mortgage choice franchisees, uh, and it just it just worked. They the the brokers liked the idea that they just didn't have to worry about this. It was being done professionally. Uh, they didn't have to train anybody. Didn't have to worry about staff leaving and and not having a continuation in their annual contact of clients. Um, we started doing a little a few little extra things um, even then as far as um, calling inquiries for them that they hadn't quite got back to, um, fixed expiries, a, a whole lot of things. So that's how it started. And then it's really, I'm not a not a salesperson at all. Uh, so we went on for quite a few years. I had brokers from other aggregators starting to come on board. And then my very good friend Sharon Cameron Lee came on board for um, a couple of years. And she, Sharon, unlike myself, Sharon loves presenting. And she sort of trailed around the country for several years and uh, introduced a lot of what we do to a lot of other aggregators. So that means that uh, now we have, um, I think, most aggregators across the country work, that we work for. Uh, and yeah, and I think mortgage choice now forms about thirty percent of the business. So yeah, that's how that's the history.
0: Love it. So now it's evolved, and now you're across all aggregators. And what I love about your business is, yes, you do the the calls. know. so you do the outbound and relationship calls to existing clients uh, for mortgage brokers. But you're across the aggregators, and you know quite often you're allowed to and given permission by the sort of the aggregators to be able to go into the back end. So not only are you making the phone calls, but you're also allowed to go into their back end systems, update um, the notes. Uh, so for compliance reasons and so forth, and to have that, you know, excellent CRM and notes for mm-hmm. the brokers. So it's a, you know, it's a full service offering, which which I think is fantastic.
1: Yeah, it does. It works really well. And um, I think that um, normally what we do is we allocate allo- allocate one of my team members specifically to a broker and they organise administrative access to their CRM uh, so that we can add notes and set tasks and also complete tasks. Um, we have uh, a lot of brokers have really good intentions. So they'll have um, a series of tasks um, to call their clients post-settlement at various various times. And uh, often they just simply don't get to them. So, yeah, they sort of know it should be done, but they don't get to them. So we, we get in there. We can tidy up tasks and just, um, I suppose, make everything neat for them and make sure that every client gets a call every year.
0: Yeah, I love it. Love it, and in terms of we were talking before, and you were saying like I'm almost embarrassed to talk about this topic because it is such a no-brainer, right? It is such a no-brainer. It's a simple thing in terms of reaching out to to your clients. Yet, you know, I talk to thousands of brokers, and I know that it's a thing that gets left to the wayside because. Brokers get busy. Brokers are focusing on the urgent. They're focusing on the deadline in front of them. And, you know, if you go back to Stephen Covey's sort of quadrants, this sits in the quadrant of the important, uh, but not urgent. Right. So, and quite often the important, not urgent tasks in a broking business don't get done. Hence the need for something like keeping clients. And, but let's talk about, you know, some of the value behind staying in touch with clients because this is really what today is about, right? Because you're an expert in that field. You've, you know, created a business out of it over the last 8 years. So, you know something about this, right? You know a lot, you know what the numbers behind it. You've got that science base, you've got the facts. So, let's talk about some of the benefits behind keeping in uh touch or you know and keeping clients right so let's talk about that what do you see the main benefits are you know from and you'll see the results firsthand we'll just sort of of see some of those expectations and results for people who engage in this
1: uh i I think probably the well the the business started mainly as a client retention business Mm. to keep clients on your trail Mm. uh so a lot of brokers are drawn to become a broker because of the idea of this trailing income and yet a lot a lot of brokers get so tied up in the day-to-day and they're busy and they're bringing on new customers that they aren't looking at their trail Uh, and sometimes you can be and, and certainly in the last few years it has been the case where brokers who have not concentrated on their existing book your loan book will often be running off faster than you're bringing in new business. Hmm. So if you are not looking after clients, they're, they're going to not feel valued and they'll go elsewhere, uh, especially the last few years where there's been great rates and cashback offers and things going on. Even now, um, clients need to speak to their brokers. They're nervous about these the interest rate rises. If you're not talking to them, somebody else will be.
0: I love that point. And now as you say, now more than ever, you know, like the purchase business with five uh, rate rises is slowing down. Yeah, the the good thing about mortgage brokers, yeah, compared to someone like real estate who are totally dependent on the transactions. Yes, that is how mortgage brokers get some of their business is through the obviously transactions, but a big part of how they can get their business is through refinance, right? And Mm -hmm. so in terms of what you're saying around that growing a business. and for me, growing a billion dollar loan book, I know the value of getting paid. And I know the value of obviously existing clients, but in terms of it, it's that retention. But as you said, a lot of brokers, uh, you know, not only do they not uh, contact their customers, they don't think about how they can continue to grow that asset. And as you said, the reason they got into business was to build an asset. And the beautiful thing about this business is it grows an asset that can pay us for a long, long time. And I'm still benefiting from that myself. After you retire, right? You can you mm-hmm. can uh, continue to receive an income or you can get paid a multiple and that becomes the sale value when you come to sell. So that's you getting paid twice, right? So a lot of people lose sight of that. So I, I, I think it's hugely, um, that whole retention piece is, is just such a massive thing, isn't it? It is.
1: Actually, Ross, you made a, a little mention there about it's um, your income beyond, you know, it, when you retire as a broker or if you sell your business. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I do believe too that if you can show a prospective buyer, how you have been diligent with client contact and doing everything you can to retain them, it's got to make your, your business a whole lot more valuable to them.
0: Oh, definitely, right? Definitely, because they look at the value of that book, right? And if you can say, hey, this has been a, a really well maintained. It's like a car, right? If you can show the logbook of the car and you can show that that car's been diligently serviced Every you know twenty thousand kilometers, it's like that, isn't it? Right. You can show the logbook, which is the CRM, saying, "Hey, these customers are um, are well looked after and well maintained," and it's not yeah. just a book that's you know going to to run off at a, a quick rate. There's loyalty behind it. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's uh I, I um, Todd Duncan uh, used to say, "Look, if you want to." have clients for a lifetime you've got to speak to them during their lifetime so yeah. i think uh you know what you're saying you know rings rings true so that's yep. one part right that's one part of it which yep. is the retention and which leads to loan book growth which leads to business value growth right so that's that's one part of it yep. uh yep. which i definitely um agree what's what's another part of it you, that you yep. say? in terms of
1: value yeah with the other um another part of it that i um we really love is that we generate a lot of by talking to clients we generate a lot of repeat business Uh, so a lot of brokers do um, email newsletters um, monthly newsletters unfortunately over time that can mean that the client's although it's a great um, way of making sure the client always have your contact details, clients end up ignoring emails that come out all the time. Even when you send an important one, it'll sort of often just be ignored. I do it myself. Mm. Um, So actually talking to them and um, I've um, obviously I've spent time with Ross and working through how we talk to people and the questions that we ask um, one of the main questions we ask is are there any plans or changes that you'd like to talk to the broker about? Mm. And that's often where we'll come up with um, clients are wanting to do something, even if it's not instantly, it might be a few months down the track. But um, so we generate repeat business basically and we generate a lot of repeat business. I think our um, at the moment our average is one contact request every 50 minutes of calling. Uh, so over a, a a period of time, it's a really nice. It's not a um, avalanche of leads, if you like, but yeah. it's a nice a nice quantity of leads that is coming coming back to you simply by contacting your clients. Um, Ross knows of a, um, a a few examples. We had a, a broker in WA, an Aussie broker, mm. who. Uh, he, we, we thought we'd give it a bit of a trial. So yeah. we called for him for four hours. Now, these are obviously, these clients love their broker and um, we're very happy to be hearing from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got seven contact requests in the four-hour call-out session and within a fortnight, I think he reported back to Ross that he felt, felt that he had already submitted two loans, he had two investment prospects that he was um, quite sure would go ahead so he felt that out of that four hours, he would probably get about $11,500 in uh, upfronts and the first year's trail. So yeah. it's just a absolute no-brainer. Yeah. Um, we have a, another large client in Canberra, an AFG broker, and he had, um, back in 2017, late 2017, he'd actually decided that, oh, you know, I don't think it's worth spending all this money on my client retention team. And uh, so he, he'd let it go. And um, the last, so then uh, I think it was 2021, 19 and 21, uh, sorry, 20 and 21, he had a huge amount of runoff. So we started calling his clients um, on a monthly basis. So on their, the loan anniversaries and in the first nine months, the the amount of repeat business he has generated has been generated is just absolutely phenomenal so he's um an absolute convert back to um having to you know you really do need to stay in contact with your clients
0: yeah yeah amazing right so if you if you look at that if you know for every sort of uh 5 hours that that you guys calling there's going to be you know roughly around six sort of you know, genuine business sort of inquiries. So if they're converting at, you know, 50%, like there's still, you know, potentially, you know, three or four loans out of that, right? Which is is massive. And, you know, depending on, I know different brokers in different areas have different average loan size. So it may be a different income figure, but your return on the investment that you're going to get is in the tens, right? Not, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh it is an actual no brainer, right? So if you said all right, I could I'll put the money in the bank and I'll give you a 10 times return, you do it every day of the week. And so this to me, from what you're saying in terms of repeat business, yeah. is is a yeah.
1: and yeah. I, yeah. I'll sign off. yeah um, so- things, sorry. <laughs> you
0: really, go. Yeah, one of the things that we were talking about um you know just before we got on air is Brokers underestimate how much business it'll actually provide. Right? They they don't um, you know they don't uh, realize if they've never done it before what um, low hanging fruit there is just sitting right there in their database.
1: Absolutely, and these are most brokers really like looking after their clients. They spend a lot of energy and time, you know organizing everything, doing everything for them and the clients love them. At the time of the loan, um, you know they're, they're absolutely blown away by what this guy or girl has has done for them. And then to after that to ignore them is a real tragedy because uh, yeah, they're they're your best advocates and they're easy. Uh, and by contacting them too you really um, are making them feel valued. That you actually really do care about them. You're not just uh, sending an impersonal email or whatever. You're you you also value your relationship with them, mm. um, and it just reminds them. And often, you know, there'll be repeat business, and they'll be more likely to tell their friends and family because they've had this little reminder. Um, another thing I, I tell brokers is that how when when we call clients, it's a very caring, uh, professional kind of call. We're not selling anything we're just we're calling to see that they're okay basically um, and i say a broker how often do you receive a call from somebody just really wanting to who's provided you a service and they're just checking in to check that you're okay and see if you can see if they can help you and um in this case often the broker even if it's just a, a repricing the broker is keeping them in their business but they're often saving the customer money doing something great for them i i can't remember ever receiving a call in australia from somebody who's provided me a service to check how i'm going
0: Hmm. so it's
1: it's a really um it's kind of special special thing
0: yeah Yeah. i guess being the fact that it's probably someone's biggest investment that they will ever make. right so it's not every day you go and what is it in sydney a million dollars or you know, for a million right. home. It's not every day of the week you go and spend a million dollars, right? So yeah. uh, in terms of, and we are the yeah. vehicle that allows them to be able to do that, right? And sort of and in, in terms of, you know, spending whatever it is, 30 to 40% of your, your income on the repayment, it's probably the biggest thing that you've got, yeah. right? In terms of, so yeah, it's such an important um, way and I love that. So in terms of, uh, you've got some great girls working um, for you. And as I've used some of them uh, myself as well. So what's your sort of training? What's your sort of message to them? You know, now that you're sort of growing a team, it's grown from you sort of making the calls to, to having a team. What's the sort of message that you send to them? Because as I said, I love what you said there. It's around that sort of professionalism and care. Right, so yeah, tell me about how you train them on and and how you get them. Um, yeah. yeah, look, we uh, I I have to say that
1: we try and get people that have had a bit of a background in finance, mm. <clears throat> but it's not always the case. <clears throat> Sorry, Ross. Um, so we've got quite a a comprehensive training program, I guess, where we sort of run through every little detail as far as just making sure that people are aware of various types of loans, um, the implications of, of having loans. <clears throat> when a, for instance, like with a, if somebody's on a fixed term at the moment, they're probably going to be coming off to looking at much higher rates mm. um, if they do nothing and just let the the rate roll to variable, it'll often go to the standard variable rate whereas the broker can often get them a higher, a better a better interest rate if they look at total lending. So all sorts of basic things like that we we run through and we basically tick off that everybody understands.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think this is part of your strength, Trace, in terms of the (laughs) fact that you've been a broker, you know you've run your own broking business for so many years. You know, like, what's basic, to us and to the mortgage people, to someone coming in um, with little experience and to the clients. Um, And I think that's the added level that you guys are able to provide because of that background that you've had. Yeah. Thank you, Russ.
1: Yeah, yeah, look, there there is a whole lot more to know than you think you need to know to make calls. And um, that's where there's a bit of a danger of putting a, I'm not against, there's some very brilliant young people, but. Putting Mm -hmm. a 17-year-old on to call clients Mm -hmm. can often be a a bit of a danger because um, you do need, if if we're representing your business, it does need to be somebody who needs to sound as though they they know what they're talking about at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, if clients start asking technical questions, we immediately refer them back to their broker Mm -hmm. um, and let them know that we're we're not a broker. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is important to when i when when my girls are trained um that they are representing their business well Mm. and that they understand the data that they're looking at Mm. um probably one of the biggest things i i tell the girls is that it's a warm friendly call we've had um some of the staff from some banking backgrounds have been made to make calls, but they were very impersonal. Mm. Uh, and that's the, the point of difference, I guess, is that we're very personal, personal mm. and friendly. And, and it's just, uh, it's really, makes it a really lovely place to work if you like, because we're making warm, friendly calls all day, but there is a whole lot of training and information that goes in before any calls are made.
0: Okay? Love that. Love that. And, um, now, one of the things, uh, again, in terms of, I guess, a lot of brokers struggle with it. What do you think brokers actually struggle with actually getting it done and getting these calls made? Well, look, I think a lot of brokers
1: are really, really busy um, and probably it's a, it is a discipline, Ross, to do it um, because it's not – uh, you know, if I say for every um, ten calls, it's actually somebody who actually wants to do something. Now, to get organized to make those calls, it can actually it takes time, and you're just sort of um, you're making a whole lot of calls that are seemingly for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, so it's just it's just a discipline, I think, to do it. Um, it is time consuming. Because if it's been a few years since you've looked after those clients, you really need to have a look at um, what you did for them, what loans they currently have and what the balances are um, so you can understand whether they've got some equity or not. Uh, And and we definitely do that. We always work with the trial statement where we can see original loan amount and current loan amount. Mm. Um, So the broker with an older loan, let's say more than five years, would have to look at all that. Um, and then of course you've got your database open with any recent notes so it is time consuming for them Mm. to actually sit down and do that
0: Uh, yeah so So, so it's time consuming so when the i I call it uh you know the the busy broker vortex right and and it's just Mm -hmm. like this circle and people get sucked into it right so even if you have a staff member and you know maybe you've got someone that's in um, an administration role, right? And you say, oh, I'll get my admin girl to do the calls. And, you know, she might do it for a month. She might do it for two months. But then she gets caught in this busy broker vortex where it's the urgent, it's the the application, it's the deadline, it's the formal approval, it's the this, it's the that. And guess what suffers? Yep, yep, Absolutely. The yes, the, right. the annual review calls or the or the, the relationship calls suffer, right? So okay. in terms of I think if you're gonna do it, there's a couple of things you can do, right? Yes, you can get somebody and that's their dedicated role within your business. Mm-hmm. Or secondly, and again why your business is so successful, is you can outsource it, right? Yeah. Uh and and I think uh I think you know, given how important it is and uh, for the for the points that we've mentioned right business value um yeah loan loan book growth trail growth retention customer service repeat business and referral business like you look at all those things that's the reason a broker's in business um so Yeah. yeah it's It's amazing uh, that sort of, and again, one reason I'm a big fan of your business is because I see there is such a need for it in the industry.
1: Yeah. No, it's good. And look, we do, the brokers, we do understand that they're really busy and it's, um, we make it as easy as possible for them. So for most of our brokers that we just basically look after their, um, their annual contact of each client Uh, What we do each month is we send them a list. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's say for October, we'll send them a list of October settlement active clients where the October settlement is their most recent loan. Uh, The broker simply has to go through the list and mark off any clients that we don't need to contact. So where he's had recent contact, family and friends, and then send the list back to us. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing he hears, he or she will hear is when they get a um, uh, they'll get a uh, call uh, an email from the um, my team member to let them know they're about to make calls and then for most brokers they get a summary of any contact requests at the end of the call so all they have to do is the list and then when they get the summary of contact requests they actually have to do them (laughs) they have to actually act on them hopefully exactly
0: exactly and have you got examples of people you know and again because i think this brings a a point and both you and i will know what i'm talking about of (laughs) those action takers right so what are some of the behaviors of the action takers that you deal with you mean the brokers yeah what are are some of their behaviors of the (laughs) of your A grade uh, top students, right? Or what are some of their behaviours and that they have
1: A-grade, The A grade grade top students, uh, they actually like to know the day that we're calling. Like, so for instance, it'll always be a Wednesday or if there's, you know, a specific day and they will set aside a couple of hours at the end of that day so that they have time to deal with the contact requests that they've received from that day, uh, and most contact requests are not for that day. By the way, it'll be you know they want to call back in a few days or next week, and so. But these people will actually diarize it and actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> there's a whole lot of brokers with really great intentions, and uh, we'll make calls for them and. Send them their contact requests, and uh, we assume that that they are happening. You know, they've mm-hmm. they've spent money having these calls made, and they've got people, their existing clients that want to be contacted. And um, there's you know probably a handful of them where um, I'll contact them next month, and they'll go, "Oh, I haven't even contacted the ones from last month." Mm-hmm. And it, as I, I was speaking to a broker in um, Melbourne. And he was sort of coming. He said, "Oh, I know I've got to do it, but I just haven't got time to get. I still haven't got back to these people." And I said, "Well, look, if you're if you're not going to get back to them, it's actually worse for you to be making these calls mm. than nothing." I said, "But they will run off your loan book if you do nothing. Mm. Um, but it it looks terrible to have your we're, we're working as your office contact a client. Client says, "Oh, yeah, I'd really like to speak to him," and then they hear nothing so
0: um yeah (laughs) i think that's a great point right so if you're going to do it yes you're 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 out outsourcing the heavy lifting but these people are people that know you they like you and they trust you and they want to do business with you again as tracy's saying if you do not then do something with it you're crazy. It's insane, right? It's it's absolutely insane not to then take the next steps to obviously reach out, book that appointment, and have those conversations because there's no better lead than somebody like that, right? So and and I think you're right in terms of if it's whether it's them or their team member to do the repricings and those what we know that there's going to be a handful of repricings if we make. Uh, this many calls right so you know think about it and plan ahead put that time in the in the staff members diary and say look for those couple of hours all they're going to do is pricings or or whatever so yeah. to ensure that you're maximizing your investment in oh, terms yeah. of getting this done right because it's you know when we talk about it but, you know in terms of when you look at it there's the um there's the preparation, which you guys do a lot of, the call lists and preparing and doing all those things. There's the actual, the activity, and then there's the follow-up, right? And yeah. it's probably 40% is only the activity. 30% is the preparation. Yeah. 40% is the activity. So you mm-hmm. got do 70% of the work for them, but mm-hmm. they need to do the remaining 30%. Yep. Yeah. Right? They need to do that remaining 30%. And that's the money-making activities, right? That's the, oh, we just saved you X amount or we've, um, oh, yeah, you know, or we've been able to do a new loan and get you a new purchase and really provide that opportunity to, you know, secure their sort of lifestyle and build the whole relationship, which is what the enjoyment of a broking business about. It's yep. about lifelong relationships with your clients. You know, as humans, we long for that human connection. And this is, you know, what we're facilitating here, right? So uh, definitely um, is a point, And I think that is such an important point you raised there, Tracy, around those, you know, what your A grade students are doing around that remaining 30% that they need to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. We actually, um just on on the A grade ones, yeah. we, uh, a number of them, so we we generally start with the clients that haven't been contacted with a few for a few years, and we really need to get back into a a monthly contact of these clients. Mm. But um increasingly, a lot of them are coming back on board with um early settlement calls as well, and that's something that i'm I'm really passionate about. Is about um, calling clients five to eight weeks post settlement. Um, I know a lot of brokers have a great um, email process Mm. in at that time as well, but that call is so important in finding out. um, So, if their first repayments have come out okay, was everything set up correctly? Um, And and in ninety nine percent of cases, it they are, and they're they're really really happy. and then just letting them know, look, we're going to be checking in from time to time, um, but at any stage, don't hesitate to call us with any questions whatsoever. Because what happens a lot is that the loan settles and often the broker will call them on settlement day and say, you know, that's great and it's all settled, and then nothing. And they get to their first repayments and the wrong account has been set up for them or their repayment doesn't come out and they get a I mean, the bank saying, well, you know, you're going to be Charged extra for this missed payment, or um, so it re- can be a really stressful time when minor errors have been made either by the broker or by the the lender. Um, so it's a really really important call to just set up the thing that they're not alone. Um, once the loan settles, they don't have to go to the branch. They don't have to. Um, do all that it's it's the broker all the way <laughs> so um, yeah so we do those um, and increasingly of late we're getting a lot of brokers asking if we can call inquiries so where they've had an inquiry three months to a year ago let's say and they've followed up a little bit initially but then they've kind of got busy with other stuff and let it go um, So we'll call up these inquiries for them and that's actually quite nice as well because often, Uh, clients will make an initial inquiry Hmm. but then it takes them a little while to get themselves sorted out Hmm. they they then talk to people and yeah mum and dad will go go guarantor now or or whatever so um once once they start speaking to clients they sort of realize it's really worthwhile (laughs) so um
0: yeah yeah i think that post settlement call as you mentioned is so key right so key They're not the the they're still your customer. They're not the banks just because you might have put them with one of, say the big four, for example, or they're not one yeah. of the big fours. Uh, customers now, they're still your customer. I think that uh, call that you mentioned is so key in sort of really yeah. setting that up. And as like I said, in terms of the prospects, uh, yeah. you know one way that someone in in a coaching group I'm a part of mentioned a prospect is like, you know, that fixed term deposit, right? Just because they weren't ready at the time and we want everyone to come ready, just because they weren't ready at the time doesn't mean that we should ignore them, right? You wouldn't throw away your fixed term uh, certificate and not cash it in at the end of the the maturity or two or three years Mm -hmm. down the track. And it's the same with these prospects, right? If you obviously stay in touch with them You know, when they do get to the point where they're ready, uh, and again, it may be two or three years down the track that, again, um, look at like your investment portfolio, but you've got to invest a little bit and maybe that's a few contacts along the way. And that's, again, where you guys are sort of coming in to to really help. So, um, Yeah. yeah, I love that. So yeah. in terms of, uh, again, you've been in the broking industry for a long time and you, you've worked with many, uh, many, many brokers along the way. So if someone looking to sort of grow and scale their mortgage broking business, what is one tip that Tracy would give to uh, to, to brokers who are looking to grow and scale their business?
1: Um, well, obviously, Ross, i am going to say, you need to speak to your clients regularly. Yeah. And if, if you can't speak to them regularly, then we can. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it does uh, impact your your business a lot. Um, I I would say I've been working with Ross for a couple of years now. Yeah. And uh, I just say within my business that he, um, one of the things that I, I now believe in, and I, mm-hmm. I should have always believed in, is that, not to be afraid to put people on to help. Um, I would say that um, in, in my business, I have a um, now have the luxury of having a, an admin mm. person who's, who's here today who is absolutely wonderful. And I bounced off that for a long time because she's not necessarily directly income generating, mm. but it is allowing the business to grow. Mm. And the... The brokerage the bigger larger brokerages that we work for and the growing brokerages that are really growing fast, I would say they're the ones that they are investing in um, administrative mm. help mm. to organize the business to make it grow,
0: yes. to,
1: to enable it to grow. Uh, yes. So because it's a it becomes a huge um, a huge thing to handle.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely, and I know firsthand. Uh, you yeah, know, having a large book and you know it becomes a real challenge, right? It does become a, a real challenge. And in saying that, like, who is the best people for your services, right? It, you sort of your sort of ideal client. Where would they sort of sort of sit? What sort of loan book would they have, for example? What sort of uh, businesses are the 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 ones that are be a really good fit for you?
1: Yeah, look. Um, obviously, we we
0: we do help all size
1: businesses, mm. uh, Ross. But um, I would say anybody who's sort of got a loan book that's sitting at around say two hundred thousand or two hundred million. million or greater, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's they're definitely they have got a substantial amount of clients that they are mm. probably finding it hard to get to. Yeah. Um, the, the smaller businesses. Um, it's strange often people are just sort of not confident to be calling their clients the brokers feel as though they're trying they're it'll sound like they're selling themselves uh and that's where we you know certainly we can help but hopefully you understand that by calling them you're not you're not trying to sell something you're not looking at the next deal you're simply looking after them and from looking at it from that perspective it will just happen because the client's why would they want to go anywhere else when they've got this guy
0: that or girl that is just wanting to look after them? Yeah, love it. Love it. And if people want to get in contact with you, Tracy, what's the best way that they can get in contact with you? Uh, yep, yeah, you
1: can phone me on 0411 546 947. Uh, that number can, again? Uh, 0411
0: 546
1: 947.
0: Thanks.
1: Or email me at uh Tracy it's Tracy with an e at keepingclients.com.au
0: All right awesome and you also have got your website as well keepingclients.com.au yes. um that people can go to as well so uh thanks Tracy again it's great to chat about this such an important topic and there's been so much value right so so much value that you've shared in terms of your expertise in terms of from your broking business through to, you know, how to, you know, retain and, and keep your clients and, uh, you know, the value from it is so many. And uh, again, I think uh, I encourage everyone to get it, get on board. And uh, because I think it is such an important thing and something that if you're not doing, you've got rocks in your head and you've got yeah. to do, uh, you yeah, know, as soon as you possibly can. So, Thanks again. This has been another episode of The Billion Dollar Broker. Uh, If you'd like to get in contact with us at The Billion Dollar Broker or are interested in one of our coaching programs, there's a number of ways you can get involved. Uh, One, you can sign up and subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platforms. Two, you can join us on The Billion Dollar Broker uh, Facebook group for mortgage brokers. So search us up and we will let you in there. There's loads of free resources and so forth. And thirdly, if you're looking at seriously about growing and scaling your business and you want to have a chat uh, with me, I'd love you to jump on our website, billiondollarbroker.com.au and uh, book a time where we can have a chat. Again, thank you. I'm Ross from Billion Dollar Broker and we'll catch you next time.